because you're not opening it on air. Oh, Christ. Kissing machine. Oh, boy. Thank God we caught it. Oh, boy. Oof. First, you smell it. You're like, oh, my God. I, I want to know, like, we're going to have to put that in, like, a poll on our Instagram. Is, like, how many people open, like... Whatever they're going to drink and smell it before they actually drink it. It's having you do it with everything. It's having worked in uh, f- uh, food beverage production where you have to do like sensory analysis. So no, I imagine most people who don't have a background in uh, needing to use their senses to evaluate product that they're going to sell tend to do that, uh, or have a background in just like high, relatively high level tasting stuff. Right, but if you watch people like people who are beer judges and wine sommeliers, they use their olfactory senses a lot. Ooh. Regular people are just chug it as fast as they can, or like, yeah, it's great, and you're like, okay, well that that doesn't count. It does I drank it? No. Yes. Would you Would you want to be a food tester? But like the kind of food tester that like you had to like pick out like what ingredients they used to make whatever. Like what seasons think, are they put on the I actually think I'd be like really good at it, um, but it may get boring after a little while. Or like it's like fun if you're doing it for Chick Fil A for like two days. It's not fun if you're doing it for like whatever. But if you're a like food the, taster, you had to taste things and see if they were spoiled or not. Like you're <laughs> like you're Saddam Hussein's food tester, like because they think somebody thinks that he's super. Paranoid, think somebody's gonna poison them, so you have to taste taste the food to make sure it's not poison. Okay, you're the wine took taster. this to a whole nother level. What do you think about that? Like Thank you're the guy at the store at Kroger. You have to eat like the apple to see if it's bad. You know what I mean? You can look at an apple and tell it's bad. The ones you buy all the time, bad. No, they're bruised. Great. They're brown on the inside. <laughs> you're fired from buying produce. Yeah, I, bought, I bought her apples once. She was so upset because one had like a slice in it. Which probably happened on the way home. You know what I mean? But it was just like... There's no way. It was bananas deep, like, slice into the apple. I'm like, there's no way this happened in the bag with all the other apples that you bought. Sometimes you get a you get a rogue wave in there. Just like, like your sometimes, peaches. Sometimes you, you get, you'll get, like, four good apples, and then one has viciously bruised. Half of it's bruised. Like, I don't even know... I don't know what happened. That's the risk you take when you buy the bag. So That's why you Sam's look Club. through the bag. I just grab it and put it in the cart. I know. That's why you had horrible pears. That's what they were. Pears I made from it last them. week. I mean, after a while, you have to cut them up. But, you, you know, it's fine. Uh-huh. Hence the, hence the term, sold a rotten bag of apples, oh. as it were. Uh-huh. You like to buy those all. We can, we can leave them for other people. Pears, peaches, apples, nectarines, all taste better cut up. No. Or not. No. I think so. No. Sometimes the so. nectarines and peaches get ripe enough though that you can't cut them up. You need to yeah. eat them over the sink like yeah, an animal. That's true. <laughs> like, like a, a common like a, animal. <laughs> like a pear or an apple. Apple with peanut butter, you have to cut it up. Or you can just be a psychopath and dip your dip your full apple into the peanut butter. <laughs> Could you imagine like you'd have to it's have like, like a big a caramel dish, apple. It's that like would impossible. Work. Yeah. Yeah. No. I have to cut my apple. There's there's a question, a poll we can do. Is it what who keeps their apples in the refrigerator? Psychopaths. No. No, they're delicious. They hurt your teeth. You cut them up. Apples also don't go bad quickly out of the refrigerator. Yeah, they have like a that significant shelf life. Doesn't matter. It's something about like that crisp, like 
Oh, it just, it's juicy. No, they're, they're better. <laughs> Stop giving me that look. They're better in the refrigerator. <laughs> Do you bite so in your ice cream too? <laughs> no, no, that actively hurts my teeth. It's the same thing. It's not. You're doing it's the same not. People exactly. like bite into their popsicle. It's like, what oh. the hell's wrong with you? <laughs> you gotta like gum yeah. it. Yeah, you just give it a, give it a, like a lick or two and just be patient. <laughs> Really need to eat it that fast. Like, where? What are we in the hurry for? Oh boy! All right. <laughs> well, since we're on the topic of food, why don't you tell people what we're talking about today? We are going to talk about best practices to make sure that you stay on plan. So we've done previous podcasts about why most people probably should have meal plans. Mm-hmm. We have been making. Uh, a pretty consistent shift in our own client base on our own respective rosters to getting people on meal plans, Uh, frankly, because we think it's better. Um, From a coaching perspective, it is like more work on our end, but the reason we're very happy to do the work and pitch the ideas because we think the outcome is better. But the reality is, once you have this plan that says, okay, you're going to eat 100 grams of chicken, 15 grams of peanut butter and one apple for meal two, that's really only about a quarter of the battle because we need to actually make sure we have the food in-house to have. We need to make sure that if it needs prepped, that prep is happening. And then we need to make sure if we're going to not be physically there, it's all packed and ready to rock. And we're going to take all of our meals that we're going to need to have uh, with us until we come home. So... This can be a little bit daunting at first if you're not used to thinking in this way and you're not used to planning out your day. And so and oftentimes this is the first thing we do with people is have them just sort of practice this basically. So obviously a lot of people who we work with listen to this so partially it's for them but it's also partially for people who don't work with us that they can have some good solid easy to apply takeaways in terms of being a little bit more thoughtful and codified and consistent with their food. Because the reality is, is this is where people tend to fall apart, is the effort's fine in the gym, their consistency's fine, all that's fine, but they eat like garbage and they don't see the result that they want to see. Yeah, and so I think whatever kind of plan that you're on, whether it's a specific meal plan or whether you're just quote unquote trying to eat healthy, like the only way that you can do that and do it in a sustainable way is to prepare from the very beginning, right? So in your house like what do you have to eat what do you need to get in order to do that um and go to the grocery store and buy that food yeah so first thing before you go to the store either like we do it on our phones that's easy and we have a shared list so depending on who goes to the store if we don't go together which we don't always go together just because that's kind of a waste of time uh we can we're on the same page with what we actually need So you could do like an old school list on the fridge and just like tear that off and go, or you could do it on your phone. But you need to actually look around and see what you need, right? Because if you don't take some time to audit what you have, what you're gonna go through in the coming week, and sort of where those two things intersect, you're gonna end up either buying stuff you don't need, like buying duplicates, or not buy and or not buying what you're going to need for the coming week causing you to make extra trips to the store which is wasted time wasted time makes the whole process more of a pain which ultimately makes you less likely to adhere to this in anything other than the short term so first thing figure out what you have at your house figure out what you're going to need for the next 
interval of time until you go to the store. Some people go once a week, some people go twice a week, whatever the interval is for you, figure that out and have your list ready to rock before you step out of the house. Yeah, and obviously if you have like a codified meal plan where you're being told like this is how much you're going to eat, like to a certain extent that makes it a little bit easier for you because you know like okay, at the end of the week I'm going shopping one time, so I have six apples in my plan, so I need to have six apples. Like, so that part kind of is the easy piece, uh, where it can be a little bit harder in terms of <clears throat> amounts that you need is maybe like your protein, your meat source, or your like starchy carb, uh, like potatoes or rice or whatever, where you're like, eh, I'm not really sure how much I need in terms of that. Um, but it's pretty easy if you're, again, you're on a plan. It's not going to change week over week, so you should be able to know after at least week one, like, okay, so as a family, we went through seven and a half pounds of meat, so I know when I go to the grocery store, I need to have seven and a half pounds of meat in my cart when I walk out. Yeah, and even if you're not following a meal plan, you can still figure this out. Like, chances are you tend to eat similar things day to day. Right, so you might have an apple at this point, a pear at this point, a banana at this point, some spinach at this point, whatever. So you're gonna develop a general sense, especially after a couple weeks, how much of that stuff you tend to need. Um, you can also, even if, again, you're not on a plan, you can make this easy on yourself. Like if you have an apple, generally have an apple a day, just buy seven apples. That gets you to the next time you go. So it's that kind of stuff that we can eliminate inefficiency and so the idea of meal prepping and planning and all that stuff is to get you to a given goal but it's also to sort of mercilessly eliminate inefficiency because inefficiency is what's going to force you off plan sooner or later yeah i think another way is you can kind of like you said you can just make your meal plan your shopping list so if you're really being that compliant you really don't have to look at anything else maybe other than like condiments um or seasonings or like paper towels um but your meal plan can just be your shopping list so you could in theory just run through your sheet be like okay i need chicken i need spinach i need this i need that and then you don't have to it's all one place um obviously like i said that doesn't account for the other things you need in your house like dish soap or you know whatever's um but it could really be that simple. Or you can take all of that stuff. If you're going to eat the same thing every day and your days look the same all seven days of the week, you can just take your chicken amount for one day, multiply it by seven. And then uh, if that's in cooked weight, generally you lose like roughly 25% of the raw weight when you cook it. Um, so add that 25% and then you have your total weekly amount. And then you can take that weekly amount and you can buy you'll probably need more likely than you, or you'll likely have to buy more than it is. So if you have like a five pound thing of chicken and then you need eight pounds, you might have two pounds left over, um, which can just go into the next week or your kids or your spouse or your whatever. Um, so I think in that sense, it's pretty simple math. If you know you need a given amount instead of over or under buying and then having to be caught in I have to run back on Friday to get myself through Saturday and Sunday, but then I'm also going on Sunday for the rest of the week, and then it just becomes uh, kind of unorganized. 
Yeah, and I think for something like protein, <clears throat> uh, it's better to overbuy because it's something that you can always freeze, right? So if you portion out and you make whatever, you buy five pounds of chicken and you know that you only need three and a half, then like, okay, then freeze the other pound and a half. Then in a pinch, if you end up being like under, then you have some to pull from reserve. Yeah, especially in a situation if you do have like a dedicated freezer, that can be a nice option to shop at one of the bulk food places like Sam's Club or Costco, whatever your, or there's other ones, obviously, whatever your preference is, or just to buy more, right? You're at Kroger or Giant Eagle or whatever, and it's on sale and you buy a lot of it, uh, just freeze it and use it, use it as you need it. I would always err on the side, especially in terms of protein and uh, quick to eat fruit. I probably always err on the side of more. Because yeah. you don't want to be caught under. You can always use it, right? But you don't want to be not buy enough. Yeah, that's where you're really in a tough spot. If if you're low on protein, you're <laughs> you're not you're not hitting your plan. So uh, always always buy more there. And then obviously it's something easy in terms of like potatoes or rice, like to have just more of that on hand. Like it's it's not going to go bad. I mean, potatoes after a while they get a little. Little funky looking, but like you're cooking them. Just cut that. It's fine. Cut it off. Take it easy. Dry (laughs) those tears. Cut it off. Let's go. So yeah. So in terms of those things, I would just buy buy more. That way you're prepared, regardless of of what happens. All right. So what happens when you're at the store? So you have your list on your phone, real slick. You have your reusable bags. You're there. Maybe you wear your sunglasses in. Maybe you take them off when you get out of the car. Maybe you have them on your head like like they're up high, but you could put them back down. Or even better, the Guy Fieri. Oh, the backwards back the behind the head. Yep. You could do that if you want to repel people that otherwise <laughs> might be attracted to you. Not just, you know, you could do that. Boy. And you also have to say shut the front door all the time. Horrible. Oh, oh my. <laughs> Don't say that. Uh, so we've we've talked about this before. <laughs> Especially yeah, if you're, you could shut be, the front door. You could be a douchebag, yeah. Oh, boy. <laughs> anyway, so if you're uh, shopping at, like, one of the big brand stores, right? So Kroger, Walmart, Giant Eagle, whatever the case may be. Piggly Wiggly. Oh, Publix. sure. Oh, boy. Food Lion, the king we're, of the stores. We're just going to keep naming Shop grocery and save. stores. Shop and Save, I think, is just uh, Western Pennsylvania. Well, to me, it was... It's a... It's a brand. Aldi. 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 Well, Trader okay. Joe's. Home All right. Brands. Trader Joe's for about one-fourth of what you actually need, <laughs> and then you need to go to a regular store. That's not true. That's not true at all. Well, Ooh, they have toilet paper. Ooh, I got... Yeah. yeah okay. No, they don't. Yes, they do. Is it work? Yes. Oh. Yeah, I got these nuts that are really nice. Now let me go to Kroger and get the rest of the things that I actually need. No, oh, boy. Anyway... <laughs> So you want to shop the perimeter of the store. And most of those stores, that's that's where everything or at least 98% of what you need to eat, what you should be buying is on the perimeter of the store. Walk in, go to the right, stay along the wall, all the way back around to the cash register. It's not that hard. Obviously, there are a few exceptions to that rule. You need olive oil, you need peanut butter, mustard, ketchup. Those things are, you go down one aisle pretty much and you can get all of those things. Uh, other than that, everything else in those aisles, there's no no reason for you to go down them. It's nothing that you need. What about like the Halloween cookies or like Kit Kats are on sale? Say, like the bakery is on the outside of the store. 
Yeah, but you're not trying to be fat. It's not on your list. But it's it not good. on your list. You, you don't, have to be you don't need it. a merciless savage casting everything aside that's not on your list. If it's not on your list, it doesn't exist. Which is hard. I am a deal shopper. I like deals. I see two for one. I'm like, yes, yeah, sold. I need it. Reality is I don't need two for one Reese's Cups. I, I don't need it. No, yeah. Like regular full flavor insulin resistant style Coca-Cola is like always on sale. It's on sale all year. It's because it's poison. They're trying to give it to you. Walk by it. Walk away from it. Yeah, especially when you can have this. This is Sprite Zero. Tastes just like regular Sprite. I'll tell you what, when you say it, it's like a commercial. You're so natural when you say it. Sprite Zero? It tastes just like regular Sprite. It's like, like it's, it's like definitely reading it off of the. Yeah, it's definitely not like somebody has a gun to your head when you're saying <laughs> No, no one does. I like Sprite Zero. Another oh. option the packets, powdered packets, oh drink my flavor God, yeah. packets. They're cheap. You can get like 15 packets for like $3 or something asinine like that. That's expensive. There's pink lemonade. There is peach tea. There is fruit punch. There's no cat. There's nothing in them. I think I there's, say, there's stuff clarify. in them. There's stuff in them, but there aren't. Any, there's no sugar. There's no calories. Uh, you can just, stuff in it that makes it taste nice. Yeah. What do you want? You know. Yeah. yeah. To, to flavor your water. That's what you're yeah. saying. That's what yeah. you're referring to. Okay. Or just flavor your life. Sure, Ooh. boy. Uh, but now you need to pay attention because there are some ones that you don't want. There's like lots of sugar in them. So turn the package around. You don't. You don't need Give whatever. Give it once over. Twelve grams of sugar in a little packet. What about? What do you think about if you're there and it's like those protein packs? You know what I mean. The protein packs that are like nuts, cheese, oh. and that's it. You know what I mean. And they have twelve grams of protein and about forty-five grams of fat. And what do you think about that? But it's not. It, it you know it's not on your list. But it. But you could have protein. No, so obviously we've talked about in the past, like, if you're in a pinch, there are certain things that, like, yeah, you, it's better to get a meal in than not. Something like that, it, again, like, the amount of fat that's in there is not, not going to get you to where you want to be. Like, it's got a hard-boiled egg, some string cheese, and some nuts. That's literally it's all, all fat. fat. <laughs> it's all fat. It's all fat. That's all that that is. So it's they're labeling it protein, right? Because yes, there's protein in nuts. There are protein proteins in an egg. There are is protein in cheese. But guess what? It is more fat than protein, so it doesn't count towards your protein goal. What do we recommend if, like, in those circumstances where you're you're mini golfing with the family, it's time for meal, whatever three or four and you're like i can't like we're not i can't just wreck my chicken there i mean i could but like just for convenience what what do we recommend as opposed to those like p3 protein packed boxes oh boy uh (laughs) so you know we like quest bars one bars those are good in a pinch um there's some there are other yes there are other protein bars but again a lot of them are higher in fat or higher in carbs and not good carbs because there's a bunch of sugar in them so if you find another brand whatever you don't like quest bars because you think they taste 
like chalk, which I don't quite understand. I think it tastes great. I don't. I, there's like one, one that like if forced to eat it, I would be like, man, okay. But other than that, I I don't know. There's like 27 flavors of them, and if you can't find one that you like, that in a pinch you can eat, then bring chicken. Then you just don't like protein bars. Bring chicken. Right, and then that's the reality. Is some people don't right, like they just don't like a protein bar for whatever reason. Something that fuses all of it together, they don't like it. Fine, then take take a piece of chicken, turkey. Turkey burgers cold hit different. Whatever. What did we get when we were on vacation? It was like a turkey breast. So I thought it was ground turkey. Oh, yeah. It was like a turkey breast. It's great. It was a great change of pace. I was ecstatic to eat it. I'm sitting on the beach chewing on a piece of so, <laughs> turkey breast because, well, why not? So we'll get to that. We'll kind of come back to uh, not everything is meant to be dessert in a, in a little bit because I think that'll go with adherence and sort of understanding the phase you're in. Uh, so you go. Let's say you got all the stuff at the store. You walk by those cookies that are like sort of eternally on sale that are real good that everybody likes, but like that's yeah. not that's not going to move the needle. You bypass the cereal aisle. Oh. You bypassed all the aisles that only serve to halt you your progress in your tracks or make you point you in the wrong direction. You get home. You put all your stuff away. Phew, you made it. Now we have to cook all this stuff. So. Why don't we go around the horn, and I think why don't we talk about uh, protein. I think when we bulk or batch cook things, it's mostly proteins. Every once in a while, you might batch cook vegetables. That's a possibility, um, but that's kind of it. Like rice, you do like a little bit at a time, or you can do more, but it's not. that's not really hard and doesn't apply to most people. Um, so why don't we talk about your favorite thing in terms of protein to make to have later? Uh, so when I lived by myself, my crock pot was like my best friend, especially when I had to commute downtown, I would put whatever, three and a half pounds of chicken in the crock pot with whatever seasoning I wanted for this week. And then when I got home from work, I, you know, used my little hand mixer thing, shredded it up, done. And I had my chicken for the week. It was great eat what I needed for that for my dinner and then the rest went in a container that I pulled from and portioned from as needed boom <laughs> boom serious it's not it's not hard it's about chicken as passive as you can be with it crockpot business yeah I think well you Mr. Instapot the, the you're living in a different world Instapot. now <laughs> it's, it's steaming there's steam shooting out everywhere oh, a little beeping. dangerous beeping at me yeah <laughs> a little dangerous i like it though but what is your favorite protein to do in the crock pot or the instapot i've only one time i tried to do frozen ground beef and it was a disaster oh um other than that i've really only done chicken okay which is good very easy to shred sometimes it gets a little dry upon reheating and I, it gets a little monotonous but i'm also eating for a purpose i don't I'm not soft so just get over it and then but overall i'd say turkey burgers because i don't really get sick of them and they're super versatile like once even if you patty them up you can still like break them break them up mix it into a little rice break it up put it in with whatever or you just have it as the patty um so i'd say 
probably that. And right. they're easy. It's easy to like just patty them and throw them on the grill and forget about it for a couple minutes and then take them off and go about the rest of your day. They're yeah. pretty quick cooking. Anything burger fried is a pretty good pretty good move. So, yeah, so they can be like you driving down the street gnawing on a hunk of a burger. Absolutely. I mean, burger is easy. Steak, eating steak in the car is slightly harder because sometimes it gets like in your teeth and stuff. Um, but yeah, having a job where you're like, sales job where you're driving all day, it, it's all about that. You just get used to it. So uh, I, because most of my protein intake times are something or something, so I have several options for each thing depending on the dietary phase. I do a blend of purposely making more than I know we're going to eat for dinner in terms of protein, right? So the reality is we're not going to go through two pounds of ground meat at dinner. We're going to go through probably 0.8 pounds maybe, something like that. So that means I have a bunch of leftovers for future meals. So that's very much on purpose. I think it's, especially if you're trying to be thoughtful and codified about cooking, the idea of making only as much of, as you need in a given meal is is a complete waste of your time. It's a lost opportunity because to make significantly more, like you could make twice as much of a given thing, and it doesn't take twice as much effort. It takes maybe like 6% more effort, right? Like it's it's negligible. But you the outcome is for future meals, you have stuff ready to go. So that's the first thing is just make more. Make more of whatever, and then you can have it later. Um, in situations where, like, I know that's not going to be enough for the week, um, I tend to, if I'm do busy doing other stuff and don't have time to just sit and watch food cook, basically, so that would be like a chicken on the grill, burgers on the grill situation where you need to be a little bit more active. If I'm programming or doing other stuff on calls and I need it to be passive, that's where you're going to use the oven as your weapon. And basically everybody has an oven. Not everybody has a crockpot. Not everybody has an Instapot. Everybody has an oven. So I'll roast chicken. I'll roast salmon. I'll roast fish, whatever, um, just passively in the oven. And that could be a situation like sometimes I just leave it plain because I frankly could care less. Like I'll just put mustard on it or whatever and I'm perfectly happy like that. Sometimes we'll put some spices on it. Sometimes we'll marinate it. That's totally up to you and how involved you want to get and what your preferences are. Uh, but the idea is to have a combination of basically purposeful leftovers and then other stuff that you've batched cooked specifically to have at a later time. Yeah, I mean, obviously for the three of us, uh, throughout the week we have multiple meals together, uh, and it's they're typically dinner time meals. Uh, but so we always end up having more food than what is is needed. Whether that only lasts for an, another meal, uh, you know, that is what it is. But it's always something more. But we also are in a spot to where there's never not another option in the refrigerator. Right, so if you guys are having whatever kind of meat that right now doesn't fit in my meal prescription, I know that I can go into the refrigerator and pull out chicken because there's always chicken in there and chicken will always fit in my meal plan. So it's like always having and ensuring that there's 
again, some sort of staple that's ready to go no matter what. If there isn't, you know, enough of something you thought was going to last you for three meals and it only was two. I think, too, that you can, it's not, they're not exclusive. So you can make, if you're grilling anyways, you might as well grill chicken and turkey burgers. And that way, like at the time, it may seem like you're having, it's a lot of stuff. But in reality, if you're following what we generally recommend and prescribe, you're going to move through a decent amount of that stuff within a couple days. Um, and that way, one, you aren't eating chicken five times a day. And two, um, you're instead of making chicken on Sunday and then by Tuesday or Wednesday, you need to make the turkey burgers just do it all at once and you get through until Friday. Um, so I think some people may get lost on that. And it's like, instead of starting the grill twice or making extra time to do that some point later in the week, just do it all at once. Your grill can fit a decent amount of stuff and then, and then you're ready to go. Yeah. Or the oven too. Like it's inefficient to turn on the grill, heat it up and use it to cook one thing in a relative sense. Same thing with your oven. Like you have it on anyway, fill it up. You know what I mean? Like you're taking the time to cook one thing, cook a bunch of things and then just be done with it. Um, all right. So we have all our stuff prepped. Uh, we're going to pack it and take it with us. Do we want to talk a little bit about that? Sure. Uh, I think, again, if you're on some sort of meal plan, right, then you should know exactly how much of something you need. So if you know that you're leaving the house and you've only eaten meal one and you're not going to be home until meal five, well, guess what? That means that you need to pack two, three, and four and have it with you and can eat it when you need to eat it. Uh, so... Again, if you know that's going to be the case and you're one of those people that like in the morning you like to hit the snooze button, you want a little extra time to sleep, uh, don't let that be an excuse on why you walk out of the house without your food because you already took the time to prep it, so it's already there. Put it together the night before. Again, it's not going to change. Meal two tomorrow is still going to be meal two tomorrow, so package it up, have it prepared. That way when you walk out of the house, you have it. Yeah, that's it. And so... Um that's where you just have to be disciplined and plan things out and know kind of what kind of person you are. So some people are morning people. They like to get up and uh, early and, and have plenty of time to get things all ready. And some people are not. They're, they're more evening people and they like to get stuff ready the night before. So just know what kind of person you are. Get yourself a decent lunchbox. They're not expensive. I found mine, which we use every single day for about, I don't know, $11 on Amazon. It fits a ton of stuff takes a pounding like it's none of these things are big investments of money and they really shouldn't be big investments of time you just have to put a little bit of investment of thought in so why don't we talk now so you bring in all your stuff with you you're on plan you're prepped you've got some things full of chicken or burgers or salmon or whatever you're going to have throughout the week tilapia uh, in your fridge ready to rock what about like uh, potential off-plan stuff. So what I'm thinking of is, you know, you're on plan and you have these goals, but the rest of the world kind of doesn't have the same goals, right? So the rest of the world wants to go to restaurants and go to people's houses 
and have dinner and stuff like that. So how do we, we've talked about this before, but not everybody listens to every single episode. And I think sometimes even if you do, it's helpful to hear things maybe more than once in a slightly different way. So how do we navigate, uh, why don't we say talk about going out to eat first? And let's say you're on a fat loss phase. It's a little bit different if you're on a muscle gain phase, if you're sitting in maintenance, Things are inherently a little bit looser, but let's say, and we're, I would assume this applies to most people, if not nearly everyone listening to this, we want to lose some fat uh, as, as, our, as our main goal. How does how do going out to restaurants or social events generally fit into that? Yeah, so there's a couple ways that you can do it, depending on if you know where you're going. Um, a lot of times you can you can even like call ahead, right? And this is it'd be the same sort of thing if... if one of your children has some sort of, you know, allergy to something and you know you're going to go to a restaurant where that's, you know, a concern, you can just call ahead and you can tell them and they understand and just be like, hey, I'm coming for this birthday party or, you know, whatever, celebration dinner and I have some dietary restrictions. I want a chicken breast on the grill with no like nothing right I don't I don't want any olive oil I don't want any salt or pepper or seasoning or whatever it is that they put on their chicken like I just want a chicken breast grilled uh and then typically you can do the same thing in terms of any sort of vegetable all places have vegetables and you can just ask for the vegetables without any butter because typically that's what they'll put them in uh and then they know like ahead of time like hey you know my name is Amanda. I called about, you know, some dietary restrictive issues. This is the party. We're here. And so they already know they're going to prep it for you and it's fine. Um, there have been situations where I've packed a meal and taken it into a restaurant because it's just the reality of the situation. Uh, both Rye and Ryan's birthday were in the midst of a prep for me. And so there was no no going off plan at that point and so I took my meal with me there it's not a big deal everyone else that was there was buying food no one looked at me everybody understood what was going on and so I sat there with my containers and ate my food like it's it's not a big deal uh because everyone understood my position what I was doing and that's it I think so that's probably pretty far to one end of the spectrum I think you could uh, even and out a little bit and not necessarily have to call, but just look ahead at the menu. So you could say, all right, they have this whatever, 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 um, but it comes with garlic mashed potatoes. Okay, I think that the protein works for me, but maybe I'm going to ask, can I not get the garlic mashed potatoes? Can I get extra broccoli? And since you're paying them, they're probably going to say, sure, Mr. Whoever, Absolutely. Do you want three things of broccoli? And you're like, maybe, as long as there isn't olive oil on it. You know what I mean? Right. So I think you're you're paying them. So I think you know it doesn't have to be this huge call ahead thing. I mean, it can obviously, depending on whatever level of extremity you're trying to go to here. But you can just look ahead and have a plan walking in. So it's not like you get there and you're kind of flustered and everyone's there and everyone's excited to be there and getting drinks and everything. And then you realize like, oh, I have to figure out what I'm going to get. And then you make a poor choice in that moment. So if you just look ahead, everything's online now. You can look at menus and everywhere is pretty friendly to making adjustments. Um, so I think that's kind of the way to go. Or 
just err on the side of, I guess, less is more in terms of like, you can always just get a salad with chicken on it, dressing on the side. Even if you're like, well, I still need some carbs, like you can make that up later maybe. Or if you're on a fat loss phase, then maybe you just let it go for the night because maybe there's a little built in with tomatoes or whatever else you get on your salad. Yeah, and I think that's the other the other thing, right, is at the end of the day, like you can always make up for something. So if you didn't have enough or you know uh, like that meal that you ate out was low on carbs, but you were low on carbs on purpose because you couldn't hit your carbs because whatever. Like the only potato option that they had were mashed potatoes that, you know, no, you know that they have butter and whatever else in. Then just know when you get home to add back those carbs into either its own little thing or into your next meal. So I think you guys brought both brought up excellent points. Uh, I tend to take a little bit of a harder line, honestly, and it's part of it's from watching you go through prep and making that work and still being a part of social things where I have actually a little bit less patience for, for people wanting to do these things on fat loss diets. So the first thing to consider is that you're not and should not be in a fat loss period permanently. It is not meant to be permanent. It is temporary. And it really only should last mm, maybe somewhere on the short end, maybe four weeks. And on the absolute longest end, probably 12 or 16 weeks. And 16 is really pushing it. Probably really like more like 12. And that's you're going to need a break after that. So notice I didn't say 52. Notice I didn't say it's going to be four years. So it's important to keep those events in perspective that there is going to be a point where you can go out, quote unquote, like everybody else and have dinners out. I think you really have to ask yourself how important your goal is to you. If you don't really give a shit about your goal, then go ahead, have whatever you want. And if you actually do want to lose weight, then you need to be on plan. And so that could look like getting a salad with dressing on the side, uh, asking to have your protein grilled. If they will do it without oil, you know, ask, just be polite and ask. Chances are they will, especially if you're really nice about it and you're fine. And you can always make up carbs later, stuff like that. But the, the reality is, is when you go out to a restaurant or when you go to somebody's house, you give up control. And it's really, really, really easy to eat your way out of your daily deficit or potentially out of your weekly deficit in one meal or a couple meals. So what we have to look at is, are you going to basically piss away a week's worth of work in one meal or two meals or a weekend or something like that? And chances are, if you're listening to this, you don't want to do that. And obviously, we don't want you to do that either. And that's why I'm taking a harder line is sometimes we have to look at like, how does this fit in with what I'm doing? And do I actually care what other people think or do I care about getting to my goal? And if the answer is, no, I care about getting to my goal, well then, okay, then you're a smart person. Let's use a little bit of that ingenuity that I know you have to solve the problem and not just give up and say like, well, I just got pasta and chicken because that's all they had. No, it's not. You just didn't bother to see what you could do. And so I think any of these things could be the right option. Uh, it's just what works with your personality, and obviously that's why you have coaches, and we can talk through it and all that kind of stuff. And obviously sometimes we take a little bit of a harder line here because we want you to think about these things. But it's how seriously do you take it? If you take it super seriously, then you could care less. Then and that's I watched you do it. I would do it too. Is you're going to have stuff out of Tupperware and 
could care less what anybody thinks. Because yeah. the, at the bottom line is nobody's going to stand with you at the finish line at that restaurant, right? You have to get there yourself. Yeah. And so obviously it's a little bit different if you're going to someone's house or even like work functions. Um, again, you know what your meals are. You know them ahead of time, especially if you're on a plan. So you should already have the food packed. Uh, and I know for us, like uh, my family was doing uh, family dinners on Thursday nights because my brothers were both home from college. Uh, and so I knew that I was very restricted in what I was eating. They knew that. So when I showed up at the house with my food that I needed, like they just understood and it wasn't, wasn't a big deal. And it's only as big of a deal as you make it. And I get it. Like I've gone through multiple friends or multiple family members, like not understanding what you're doing and like, why, why are you coming to X function with your own food? It's like, well, because I'm trying to achieve something, this is important to me. Um, and if they understand that, especially if they're family or close friends, like they're going to be like, oh, okay, and then move on from it. So don't feel like some sort of weird pressure because people are going to ask questions or going to look at you funny. Like again, it doesn't it doesn't matter. At the end of the day, it's like you have a goal, you're serious about that goal, and so for this short period of time. You're going to make these, quote unquote, sacrifices so that you can hit your goal. Yeah, I think sometimes, too, the reality is, is that society at large is not healthy, right? So you walk down the street, nobody is in good shape, like nobody, to the point where if you see somebody in good shape, it gets your attention because they are an anomaly. So then you have to ask yourself... Do you want to do what everybody else is doing? Do you want to be just another sheep that just walks in the direction that everybody else is walking because you're afraid to walk in your own direction? Sometimes this is your own family too. And that sounds really negative, but the reality is sometimes you can be an excellent positive example of being dialed in. I've seen this with my own family. I saw it with a job I had. Like So I worked obviously in the brewing industry for a long time on the production side and on the sales side. And the sales side, we had a significant amount of events. I tried to avoid most of them, frankly. Some of them were mandatory, like I had to go. Um, and I didn't really drink at them because that was at a point where I just wasn't drinking as much or I'd have a beer and maybe have like half of it. Uh, again, for optics, like because that's what we kind of needed to do. But it got to be the point where my colleagues and my bosses, my superiors knew that I that's what I was going to do. And I ended up pulling a lot of them in the same direction. But they're like, yeah, man, like, I'm kind of over this whole thing. Like, yeah, I know you're over it. Like, it's not good for you. And so think about that, too. Sometimes we look at it in terms of everyone's looking at us in a negative way. Some people are looking at you, even if they don't express it with some level of admiration. You're like, you're doing it. You're getting after it. And their issue is that they're not quite there yet, too. But you can sort of be this beacon of like, hey, when they show up, they're dialed in. They don't. They could care less what everybody else is doing. Like they're not going to get thrown off plan. And so I think that's something to think about. You know, obviously, again, this is a temporary phase, but it's in those moments you have to you have to be your own sort of source of strength, and obviously have people around you that support you and say, yeah, like let's do it. You're on plan. Nobody, no, we're not falling off plan. We're just going to keep moving forward. Yeah, and I think, again, we've talked about in the past 
like how it could be hard in your household because you know your kids won't eat this or your kids won't eat that or your husband eats this or your wife eats that and it's like the reality is is if you're doing something that is healthy for you and is doing it to better yourself like other people around you see that um, and so there was a period of time, obviously, when I was in the office on a daily basis and we had a refrigerator in our office and I would pack the refrigerator with food like to the point because no one else used it. But then because it was something that I did on a day to day basis, like then my coworkers started to do the same thing because they realized like, oh, like, all right, we're getting older. Like some of these negative things are catching up with me. Like I have high blood pressure. Or, like I'm on the verge of being a diabetic and like all of these different things. So it's it's a way that you can use your own health to influence other people in a positive way. And 90% of the time, even though you may feel like, oh, all eyes are on me, like that's a good thing because you're doing something to better yourself. Uh, that it makes even one other person like pause for a second and and think about what it is that they're doing in that moment. Yep, absolutely. All right, any closing thoughts, my friends? Just stay on plan. Again, like eh, especially if it is a fat loss phase, like it is temporary. So don't look at it like you're making sacrifices, right? Like you're just doing the best thing for you because you have said that this thing, whatever this outcome is, is important to you. So whether that's participating in your first powerlifting meet, whether it's your first, you know, bodybuilding show, whether it's just like your your sister's getting married and you want to look good, you know, with with her like whatever it is like that you've stated is important to you you're gonna put in the time and effort don't let some random thing that is within your control deter you from that i would just say skip the oreos grab the i mean turkey burgers are good grab yourself some mustard get yourself some valentina hot sauce authentic mexican hits different get on with your day that's it. I think you hit the nail on the head. Stay on plan. Let's do it. No excuses. Don't make more of it out of it than it is, right? Like we're not parting the Red Sea here. Just stay on. Eat the food. Put it in your mouth. Cook it. Eat it. Straightforward. Move on. What, what did you say before we started? Uh, at which point? Right before we started. What did you say? I don't. When Ryan was in the bathroom. I know, but I don't. Oh, I don't oh, remember what I said. I'm sorry. I'm gonna put this in your file. Put it in my file because I don't remember. Check minus. Check minus. I'm sorry. We'll just do it. It's it. You know, Nike told you to. So just do it. Okay.